This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America. With your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And it's the middle of June. Welcome to the show. Happy to be here with you. Lots of things happening uh, since the last time we spoke. President Trump was indicted again for a second time on federal charges, and uh, there was lots of commentary on that. He has come out saying that he is an innocent man, that he hasn't done anything wrong, and he's uh, the, henceforth set up a, I'm going to say foreshadowing for his legal defense. That is, they are not focusing on the Presidential Records Act and trying to force him or push him into looking like he obstructed justice when he was fully negotiating with uh, the archivist and those at the National Archives over what records were personal records and what records were presidential records. This, uh, as some lawyers have alluded, uh, is was a trap being set up by uh, federal investigators from the FBI, you know, to basically say, look, yeah, well, yeah, we'll negotiate with you. It's kind of like when the FBI says, oh, sure, yeah, tell us about this. You know, when the FBI asks you a question, they already know the answer, that type of thing. Uh, if you remember the General Flynn scenario where, um, the advice that every lawyer on the planet gave him was if the FBI asks any questions, do not speak to them because ultimately you can speak to them. And no matter what you say, somehow they can turn it against you into being a lie. And that's what they did. It's called a section 1001 violation. And they said that he uh, was guilty of lying to the FBI. And it was something, again, as simple as asking him a, a pattern of questions that they know the answers to, and then asking one where he wouldn't know the answer and where he would fumble and, you know, say something, I don't know, I don't remember, whatever it was. Um, and, and this is a common technique that they use to get people on, on the most innocent, uh, you know, circumstances when they want to get you. And I only know about this because this is what they got our buddy James O'Keefe on when, um, you know, they asked him, how'd you get into the building? How'd you do this? How'd you do that? And again, the facts were there. He was on camera getting into the building. He gave his real driver's license. Now I'm talking about James O'Keefe years ago in Senator Mary Landrieu's office. And uh, because he was under duress and he was nervous when they were asking him these questions, uh, he said, I don't know, I don't remember. You know, he, he was very uh, distraught. And before you know it, they said, oh, you lied to the FBI. And they got him on the Section 1001 violation, which was a federal misdemeanor, which uh, he had gotten federal probation for, didn't get any jail time, but had a federal offense on his record for years until he was pardoned by the president of the United States some years later. So, I mean, this is a real thing that is done to people all the time. So you got to be careful. Now, the bigger issue that is a bombshell this week is that there are rumors that there's a tape that somehow 
we are talking about Trump as a distraction, but the reality is that Joe Biden is on tape speaking with executives from an energy company known as Burisma. If you haven't heard of that enough by now, uh, you're going to get sick of it soon because the one of the executives from Burisma says they recorded these conversations and then somebody was working with the FBI as an informant and put this information on an FBI form 1023, which the informant uh, kind of spells out what they know. And they said that they had observed and recorded Joe Biden taking a bribe. Now, again, I'm no fan of Joe Biden, but when somebody tells me, hey, listen, We've got Joe Biden on tape when he was vice president back when he was in charge of the Ukraine for the Obama administration taking a bribe. I say, show me if you got it. Show me because you know what? If such a tape existed, everybody thinks, well, no, that's how they're blackmailing him. Yeah, I, I don't believe that for a second. Uh, again, I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love to go on my late time, uh, late night radio show and and make a, a complete apology to everybody and to get on this podcast again and say, look, I was wrong. You all were right. They had 17 recordings and videos and et cetera of, of Biden doing the wrong thing. I just don't think it exists. I'm not saying he didn't do it. He probably did it. Why would they make it up? Why not? They said that Rush, uh, Trump was peeing on Russian hookers. I mean, when it comes to lying about people, People have, will come up with any reason to lie about somebody. Ultimately, the reason I don't think it exists is because that stuff is worth more in the hands of the media and being exposed than it is to say, hey, um, I've got some dirt on you. Give me money. If, if you're already getting a $5 million bribe, um, you know, I mean, how much more dirty do you need is my point. You know, I don't think um, Joe Biden is the kind of guy that's going to work well with blackmail. Half of America right now thinks that he is a crook. Probably a quarter or half of that half believe that he's been a crook for his whole career. So I don't think Joe Biden for a second cares about people outing him. His son has, uh, for goodness sake, a porn that's on the web. That's part of what the infamous Hunter Biden laptop. All they did was turn around, oh, it's Russian disinformation. That's Russian disinformation. So again, point is, I just don't think it's real. I think it's it's bluff. And then you got Grassley saying that, you know, he's seen the 1023 and, and read that there were 17 recordings. And now you have Grassley saying, well, uh, you know, we have to see if these recordings are real. That's exactly what I said when I heard about it a day or two ago. So I, I think we have to keep our eyes um, peeled for that, keep our ears to the ground to see what's going on. But Senator Ted Cruz was in a hearing and he was grilling the FBI, asking them, if, in fact, there are such recordings. Check this out. Will you provide the FD-1023 and will you provide the 17 recordings so we can assess what is the evidence, the specific credible evidence that Joe Biden personally took a $5 million bribe from a foreign national? Senator, we will work with this committee, you and other members, to provide uh, the information within the parameters of the process. Will you provide the FD-1023, yes or no? I will take that back and we will work with our team. So you're not answering that. Will you provide the 17 recordings? We will take that back and we'll work with you. So you're not answering that either. Did you investigate in any way, shape or form these allegations? Senator, once again, I'm not going to comment. So you're not going to say whether you did your job. 
we do our job to the very best of our ability. Well, not here. You're not answering a single question to the American people. There you go. So that is uh, Senator Ted Cruz and uh, one of the uh, deputy directors of the FBI, uh, literally just obfuscating on every question, refusing to answer, not giving any indication whether they took action on this or not. And again, some people will say, well, that's what they're supposed to do. It could be an ongoing investigation. As long as you keep believing that hype, you will continue to live under the rock that they want you to live under. That's all I can say. But Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa, he claimed on the Senate floor earlier this week that the foreign national who allegedly bribed then Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter has these 17 audio recordings. But he's questioning himself whether those tapes even exist. And that's what he told to CNN saying, quote, I don't even know where they are. I just know they exist because of what the report says. Now, maybe they don't exist. But how will I know until the FBI tells us if they're showing us their work or not? That was Grassley on Thursday. So Grassley is not the only Republican questioning the validity of the supposed tapes. I'm one of them, too. Right. But uh, House Oversight uh, Committee Chairman uh, James Comer of Kentucky, who's overseeing the GOP investigation into the Biden family business dealings, he says that, um, you know, we have to be quick to make the alleged bribery scheme um, allegations. And we've got to be careful on how we focus on this work because he's admitting that not knowing whether the tapes are legitimate or not, or even exist or not, other than them being reported on the FBI form 1023 saying, quote, we don't know if they're legit or not, but we know that a foreign national claims he has them. Comer said at the uh, alleged uh, of the alleged recordings during a interview with Newsmax TV on Tuesday. So now House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan, who serves on the oversight panel and has been um, involved in this, he says, look, I have no reason to doubt anything Senator Grassley says, but I don't know if they exist or not. And I think everybody's saying the same thing. Look, let's go. And I'm the one saying, if they exist, show me the money. Otherwise, we're wasting our time because when you say, oh, we got tapes, we got this, this is similar to any of these these uh, Nostradamus types that says, oh, you know what, uh, on this date, we're going to have this or on that. And, you know, 17 days from now, we're going to have that. I've been hearing predictions like this for years. They never come uh, to fruition. So I- I'm all about a bird in a hand, right? A bird in a hand is a bird in a hand. Not, not, hey, what will we have tomorrow? Well, we might have these tapes. We might have, no. You go with the testimony that you have right now. You get, you try to get the, t- the testimony or evidence. If it's suggested in this 1023, then try to get the tapes. If you can't get them, you can't get them. I can almost guarantee you that they're going to have a tough time getting these tapes. You know, they're having a tough time keeping a copy of this FBI form 1023. If they can't even get a copy of this form, they're only allowed to see it in a skiff. Or at first the FBI said, no, we'll show it to you. You got to come to our office. And they said, no, you got to present it to Capitol Hill. We're subpoenaing this document. And they said, no, we can't give you a copy, but we'll let you see it. We'll bring it to Capitol Hill and show it to you in a skiff. So, I mean, this is the, 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 the bickering that's going on, the bureaucracy, the red tape. Anyway, now uh, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson, he led his own investigation into the Biden family in 2020. He's got uh, a, a notion that he's had for a long time. And he said in a separate interview that I'm not even aware that we verified if those recordings even exist. So plenty of prominent in the know Republicans are not jumping on the, we've got the recordings bandwagon. And I think they're wise to do so because again, a smoking gun would be great. 
But once you hype it up and everybody starts talking about it and starts to expect it, and then when you can't produce it, then you look like an idiot, right? Then you look like, you know, you go by a single initial on Reddit and you're saying that, you know, this is going to happen in 17 days or that's going to happen, you know, in 17 months or this and that, and whatever. And these, these phony predictions from people who claim that they know what they're talking about and they don't know a damn thing. So that's the story with Grassley and uh, Biden and Burisma. Bottom line is they still have a, te- a form 1023 with somebody alleging that Biden was involved in things and they should be questioning this person instead of protecting this person and getting to the bottom of what's going on, especially now that Biden's in the White House. Now, granted, the same reason they could never indict Trump while he was president is the same reason they can't indict Biden while he's president. And that is the Department of Justice has rules and, and precedent that they've created where they say we will not indict a sitting president. So if they didn't do it to Trump, they're definitely not doing it to Biden. They're going to wait till Biden's out and indict him for whatever they want to after the fact. And we're seeing that happen now to Trump. And I just don't think that that is um, going to happen to Biden. So I wouldn't hold my breath on that front. But good to know what's going on. We're going to talk about that and more. Uh, I also want to talk about uh, just some practical stuff. There is a story in the New York Post where a, a girl is interning in New York City. She lives in South Carolina. And rather than rent an apartment, In New York City, she's actually flying back and forth from South Carolina because she claims it's cheaper to fly than it is to rent a place in New York City. How's that for crazy? We're going to get into that as well uh, as a couple of other things I have on my mind. I wanted to share some news with you. I got some big news. I shared it on the radio this week, but I want to share it with you all as well. So don't go anywhere. Make sure you check out the website for the radio as well. If you're not listening to the radio program every night from 10 to 1, what's wrong with you? What are you doing at night? Come on. It's uh, on your local station. You can find it wherever uh, our program is playing. If not, just go right to the website, richvaldezamericaatnight.com, richvaldezamericaatnight.com. Keep it locked right here. We're coming right back. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, welcome back, Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And in a quick uh, break from politics for a second, I want to talk about this uh, story that I saw where somebody is working in New York City and they feel it's easier for them to do their summer internship uh, from South Carolina because it's cheaper than renting. Listen to this. Uh, College interns typically find cheap prices to live, uh, excuse me, cheap places to live for the summer. But this one woman's going to great lengths. Listen to this. South Carolina resident Sophia Salantano commutes to her New Jersey summer job by plane every week. And she told this to her TikTok followers because it's actually cheaper than renting near her job in New Jersey. <laughs> I, 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 it's surprising, but I get it because that's how it is. So she says that um, waking up at 3 a.m. to catch a flight from Charleston to Newark every Wednesday, 
She acknowledges that it's a really untraditional thing to do, but it works for me because of cost savings and the flexibility of living with her family, who she doesn't see often since she attends University of Virginia. So rather than spending $3,400 a month for rent, I book a $100 round-trip flight on the one day a week that I work in person. The other days, she works uh, via Zoom or you know some sort of remote uh, arrangement. And she's a marketing intern. It's only an internship. And uh, she goes on to say, plus my untraditional commute provides me with more lifestyle freedom, and I genuinely look forward to my weekly adventures. The medium cost of her renting an apartment in Manhattan was about $4,200 back in April, according to a report from Douglas Element. Her employer, she works for Ogilvy Health, requires interns to be in their New Jersey office at least one day a week, and they pay her between $15 and $20 an hour. So Ms. Salentano wrote that her employer knows her situation and it was never an issue. Fascinating, right? Um, and another way that she saves money is by flying on Spirit. Now, you know, I don't like Spirit. I used to have a girlfriend in Fort Lauderdale, and I used to go out there every weekend, and Spirit was my go-to. But Spirit used to run on time, and it used to be like round trips for 100 bucks, and it was so reliable. But I can tell you, I can't get to Fort Lauderdale. I can't get to Miami. I can't get anywhere on Spirit lately. The last once or twice that I tried them as just a single leg ticket, meaning I went there like on United and came back on Spirit or vice versa, uh, every time the Spirit trip ended up canceling. And I missed, I've missed an entire event once in Miami because uh, I booked on Spirit. So I learned my lesson. It doesn't matter if you save $100 or $150 on a ticket you're not going to get to where you got to go if you're flying on Spirit. It's inevitable that they're going to let you down. So anyway, she flies Spirit, and then she spends about another $100 on Uber rides to and from the airport, about $25 on food, and in total she's spending $2,250 in her commuting costs um, for her 10-week internship, which beats the heck out of uh, four grand or three grand a month in Jersey to live here for the summer. So... Interesting how that works out, but very, very true. Now, that to me says that we're in a situation where the economy is really front and center in everybody's minds. And it doesn't surprise me that young people, because they have less money, are feeling the brunt of it. It's a lot more difficult for a young person to go, oh, it's 250 on this airline or, or, you know, 125 on this airline. That's literally double the cost. Now, if you have a, a little bit more disposable income, you can maybe make that concession. But if you don't, you're screwed, right? And I could see that happening for so many people. And look, I myself, I remember being a young adult not that long ago where uh, that would be a deal breaker for me, doubling the price of a plane ticket. Absolutely not. It's the difference between me going, sorry, babe, not coming to Florida this weekend uh, versus, uh, yep, see you Saturday morning, you know, uh, doubling the price of a ticket. Come on. So I think this is one of those things where as much as they say Gen Z is in for Biden and this and that, I'm wondering how in are they? How committed are they? Are they going to correlate the fact that they have to make these concessions where they can't really go abroad as much, where they can't do a lot of things that maybe they wanted to do or once could have done? or that maybe their older siblings, peers, or friends have done uh, in just recent years that they can't do anymore because the economy's changed so much. And I'm wondering if that's going to translate into how they vote. I don't know. Something tells me it might, maybe not to the degree that I'd like it to happen, but I think it'll happen nonetheless. 
Now, I want to switch gears very quickly and talk about a couple of crazy stories that I saw that I want to share with you. <clears throat> Penn State professor, his name, Themis Matsukas, T-H-E-M-I-S-M-A-T-S-O-U-K-A-S. He was accused of performing sexual acts with his, wait for it, dog. And he says he does it to blow off steam. Listen to this crazy story. A longtime and award-winning Penn State professor allegedly performed sexual acts with his dog in sickening displays that were captured on state forest cameras. The gentleman, 64 years old, Themis Matsukas, was charged uh, Tuesday of this week after he allegedly was caught on camera naked from the waist down except for his socks and shoes committing the perverted sexual acts with his collie near the bathrooms at Rothrock State Park in Forest, Pennsylvania. Horrible. Matsukas, who is on leave from the university, was identified through a North Face backpack he was carrying from an incident in April and also in May, according to a criminal complaint cited by the um, Center Daily Times. Now, he allegedly uh, tried to record himself performing the lewd acts he was trying to record himself with an electronic tablet, according to the uh, camera in the park. After Matsukas was identified as the possible suspect, rangers from the Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources searched his home and he went into a panic. That's according to the complaint. He should have been panicking when he was being a weirdo. At one point, investigators told him they thought uh, they knew they thought he knew why he was being searched. And he said, quote, I'm done. I'm dead. He also begged the Rangers to shoot him, saying, I need to die. And allegedly told investigators, I do it to blow off steam. The Rangers were reportedly able to find the backpack and the ski mask that was visible in the April video. They also saw a collie in his home that matched the description of the dog in the video. Matsukas was a chemical engineering professor dating back to 1991 receiving at least three teaching awards during his tenure. That was reported by uh, the same newspaper. Now, uh, Themis Matsukas has been relieved of his responsibilities and is on leave, according to the school. Man, there's more in the story here, but I'm not going to go on. That is just some crazy stuff. But you know what? He's not the only one. There's a lot of weird people out there. That guy's in Pennsylvania. You got to listen to this guy that was in uh, the United Kingdom. Listen to his headline. It gets even worse. Naked creep was busted having passionate sex with a tree. And he got busted in a busy UK park. The naked creep was arrested for allegedly kissing, caressing, and having passionate, quote, sex with a tree at a popular uh, public park in England, grossing out the onlookers and baffling police. The nature freak was caught on camera, peeling off his clothes and rubbing passionately against the stump of a conifer. That's a freaking pine tree. Of all trees you want to get... Crazy with it. Get crazy with a pine tree. And uh, that was in Queen Elizabeth Gardens on Tuesday. Here's the quote. I was just walking in the park with one of my mates. I have to do it in my British accent. I was just walking in the park with one of my mates. And we saw a man hugging a tree and thought, how interesting. We walked a little closer as we did. And we saw his trousers down. According to one witness who shot footage of the incident. <laughs> lucky him. <laughs> and I mean that like not lucky. Anyway, he says, I started recording and he just started taking off all his clothes and kissing the tree. After I stopped recording, the police turned up and uh, started following the man around and then arrested him. <clears throat> Great Poupon. Anyway, 
So uh, roughly 25 people were cooling off in the park during the um, melee of all of this. And this 40-something-year-old man's bizarre attempt to become uh, one with Mother Nature. Crazy stuff, right? So you got one guy that's hooking up with his dog, another guy that's hooking up with a tree. Crazy. That's what's going on. And, and of course, the, the one girl with some sense flying into Jersey, into the New York area, because uh, it's cheaper than living here. That, if I, if I were to stop the crazy news segment here, that would be it. But no. There was a guy, this poor sap, was driving on a highway down Route 46 in New Jersey, sees a dog, looks like Rin Tin Tin canine cop, running in the opposite direction on the highway. He, you know, flags the dog, yells at the dog, tells the dog to get out of the way. The dog actually listens, turns around, goes the opposite way on the highway, cuts in front of his car, jumps in front of a truck, and eventually uh, makes it safely to the other side of the street where this guy pulls over and proceeds to yell at the dog, telling the dog things like, you could have killed yourself. You could have caused an accident. What are you thinking? The dog just gives him the puppy dog eyes and just kind of jumps up on his car. The poor sap is me. This dog, I saw him going nuts on a highway, and I couldn't believe what I saw. So I'm trying to reason with the dog. I yell at the dog. the I yell at talk radio most of the time when I'm listening in the car. And another bystander came by and said, oh, is this your dog? Here, take your dog. Put a leash on it. And they were like, no, no, I thought it was your dog. I was just trying to help. Anyway, I called the cops and they say, oh, yeah, we can't get anybody there that fast. But you're probably only a couple of minutes away from our precinct. Can you bring the dog to us? Well, didn't take much time after that. The dog's in my car. So I, I'm like, all right, I'm going to bring this dog, a 110-pound German Shepherd, I drive him, you know, one eye open, thinking this guy might bite me. Who knows? I've never seen this dog in my life. I drive him over to the police uh, station, and, you know, they're like, do you think you could drive him to animal control? And I'm thinking, excuse me, what do I look like? And, and the guy's telling me, he's like, you know, we're not the pet store. I don't know why you brought the dog here. I'm like, excuse me, uh, I, I'm not the police. You're the police. You know, I, I thought you guys found stray dogs all the time. Anyway, he makes a snide remark, making me think, my goodness, I'm so glad I paid that guy's salary. Anyway. And I love the cops, but when they get like that, come on, give me a break. So me and this other cop decide to try and get the dog out of the car. And what was that for? This dog has no intention of leaving. So now he goes from laying down on the back. I have an SUV. He's laying down in the back on the floor. He decides now he's going to get up and sit on one of the chairs. So now he's sitting on one of the chairs. So I go, you know, from the door that's opposite him, I go to the door right next to him. When I go to that, it's musical chairs now. The door, the dog jumps into the other seat. So the cop goes to the other one. Now it's me at one door, uh, the, the uh, other cop at the other door, and we're looking at each other, going back and forth. The dog, what does he do? Jumps in the front seat, right in the driver's seat, as if he's going to take off in my car. I couldn't believe it. It was so funny. I got a little bit of video of it. I'll put it on my social media eventually. But that was uh, my story. It took me an hour to get rid of this dog. Finally got him out. And then what a huge storm of hair was left behind. I mean, long hairs. These things were like rubber bands. They were stuck in the rub, the rug. It was so hard to get them out. I vacuumed for about 40 minutes uh, right after that incident. And it still smelled like wet dog in there. Then I um, vacuumed again the next day. And it still stinks in there a little bit, to me, honestly. Um, I, I felt so bad. And then I noticed when he was like jumped up on with his front legs on my window, scratches all over the paint on my driver's side door. So, I mean, look, I, I'm glad I was able to help the dog and I'm glad he's alive, but it really stinks that you have to go through all of that. You, know, you try to help a dog, you try to do the right thing, and then your car is all screwed up. So anyway, that's my story with the dog, and I thought it was a pretty crazy story, so I figured I'd share it. Just stick with us. It's Rich Valdez. I'll be right back. 
This is America. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. Oh, it's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez and the U.S. government is currently dealing with another cyber attack. Several U.S. federal government agencies have been hit in a global cyber attack by Russian cyber criminals. This is uh, exploiting a vulnerability in widely used software, according to a top U.S. cybersecurity agency, uh, which is probably CISA. And the U.S. Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, which is what CISA stands for, is providing support to several federal agencies that have experienced intrusions affecting their MoveIt applications, according to Eric Goldstein, the agency's executive director for cybersecurity, and in a statement that they put out on Thursday. And uh, this is what they're saying about the software called MoveIt. We're working urgently to understand and uh, how it's impacting and trying to get this done in a timely way to get it remediated. Aside from U.S. government agencies, several hundred companies and organizations in the U.S. could be affected by the hacking spree, a senior CISA CISA, uh, official told reporters on Thursday. Now, the ransomware that they're using is called CLOP, C-L-O-P. This ransomware gang allegedly is responsible for this, and they're known to demand multi-million dollar ransoms, but no ransom demand has even been made of federal agencies. So what's up with this? Well, CISA's response comes as Progress Software, the U.S. firm that makes the software that was exploited by the hackers, MoveIt, said that they discovered a second vulnerability in the code that they were working on fixing. The Department of Energy is among the federal agencies breached in the ongoing global hacking campaign, and that seems to be the case. What they said so far, that the hacks have not made any significant impacts on federal civilian agencies. Uh, It's been largely opportunistic in using the software to uh, break into the network. But apparently they haven't gotten anything. I think the key word here is yet. Now, this comes on the heels of, uh, I don't know, a month ago, a month and a half ago, where we had another cyber attack that knocked my show off the air momentarily, the nighttime show. And... I feel like this keeps happening and I get it. Look, you can't, you can't stop every bad thing from happening, but I think it would be nice if, if we would hear some sort of response, you know, the president to acknowledge it, um, you know, have one of his top people out there, you know, reassure the public, listen, we're not falling apart here. This isn't the end of the road. I feel like, you know, all sorts of things are happening. And again, after dealing with the Hillary Clinton emails, uh, all I can say is, it would never surprise me if somebody were to intentionally make themselves vulnerable, whether it's information on a private server, information in a government server, whatever and what have you, to foreign uh, actors that may want to access that information. And this way you could always have that plausible deniability of saying, well, I, you know, I didn't ask them to come and look at all this information. They just, you know, I had it in my possession or I had it, you know, the government agencies had it on their servers and, these people hacked us and they saw everything because, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times I have I go into, you know, put in a password and it says, oh, your password has been compromised. It was uh, viewed in a data breach or it was included in a data breach or whatever it is. 
I mean, if that were the case, I mean, that means every password, every system, every everything is always somehow going to be compromised. There's oh, but so much you can do, right? Uh, at least that's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but let me know what your thoughts are on this. Do you think this is uh, fake, phony, fraud, fugazi stuff where we're just making this stuff up to go along? Or is the U.S. really being attacked and we just have weak leadership at the top that doesn't do enough to protect us? I don't know the answer. You let me know. Chime in online on any of the social media platforms at Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S. Don't go anywhere. My wrap up is coming up straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. Oh, he's so handsome. What's his name? Rich Valdez. All right, so a couple of days ago, I mentioned something on the radio on our nighttime show. And again, if you're not listening to that nighttime show, you don't know what you're missing. Uh, I mentioned about cloning, and I played some old uh, TV footage. It's a little mashup of a couple of different things. Uh, one woman who is um, from CloneAid, one of the companies that cloned a goat many years ago. And the, the interesting thing is cloning has always been a hot-button topic. I want you to hear the audio, and then we're going to talk a little bit about it. Humans made to order. Mothers giving birth to themselves. Babies conceived just so their body parts can be transplanted. Come with me into the scary new world of cloning. The nightmarish stuff of science fiction has suddenly become a reality. Behind those walls, there are people with the technology, the ability and the desire to genetically engineer human embryos, to be the first in the world to successfully clone a human being. Very pleased to announce that the first baby clone uh, is born. She was born yesterday at 11:55 a.m. in the country where she was born. So this will not give you more details about the location. She. She's fine. We call her Eve. Cloned is a private company. We founded that four years ago. Got the funding to really have that uh, last August. And so now we have three scientists working uh, almost full time in a lab here in the United States with the major goal for us to, to produce a human embryo by human cloning. My first gen was born in Jersey. However, I was cloned by Clonate in Canada. My model number is 0112568, if anyone wants to see. All right, so now we're talking about a bunch of different things. Now, as, as far as I know, this guy talking about his model number, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I, I believe he, he gave a substance, he gave a, a sample to be cloned. Uh, he's not himself the clone. And we haven't cloned a human yet. I'm guessing, I'm going to speculate that China will be the first one to fully clone a, a whole human and like harvest that person for parts just so that, you know, um, you know, this guy who just mentioned his, you know, my clone numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, this way, you know, when he's 35, 37, 45, 75, whatever, and needs a new lung, kidney, heart, whatever, they can turn to his clone and go, all right, well, we created you with the purpose of using you for parts. We need the parts and we're going to take them from you now. Thank you very much. And, and I think this is the type of alternative that they're trying to come up with. Um, that's kind of crazy to me, but it begs the question, should we be cloning, right? To clone or not to clone? Now, human clones purposely grown to give people spare parts like hearts and lungs and livers, uh, some say could be the key to living forever. I say 
¿Están locos ustedes? Are you people crazy? I think that's insane. But uh, clones are expected by some in that world to, to be the next step in extending human life. The technique has proved successful in animals like the baby goat that was referenced in the audio we heard, but it hasn't worked in people as of yet. Dr. Alex Zavarankov believes it will offer spare organs for people as they age. Now, he's not the only doctor. As another doctor who's the subject of a new documentary on Netflix, uh, whose name, Huang Suk, I'm, I know I'm mispronouncing that, but Dr. Huang, I'll call him. Dr. Huang is the subject of, of a new Netflix documentary, and that's why we're talking about cloning. Uh, because they believe that this is the right thing to do and that cloning is the next step forward. And again, those who believe in the science and like the science and all that stuff, um, you know, they go ahead and uh, they think that, you know, everything that's done in the name of the science is okay. It's good and it's holy. And I, I just can't necessarily jump on board with that. I am a real life dad of two small humans that were conceived uh, to, to, to my then wife and I. And I have to say that's, that's, part of the, the plan that we had for life. But I can't imagine saying, oh, look, we're going to, you know, get some clones in case our kids need parts. You know, I don't know how comfortable I would be if comfortable at all, you know, turning to my, one of my kids, God forbid they ever needed a body part transplant or something like that and saying, oh, hold on. We cloned you. We have a copy of you somewhere. Where do you keep her in the basement? Hold on. She's cryogenically frozen. I mean, like, what do you do with another human that was made in a Petri dish? It's, it's an incredible bioethics concern um, and, and nightmare, in my opinion. I don't think we should do it. I don't think we should play God. I don't think that that's how life was intended to be. Uh, now, again, I'm not entirely against growing a, a human ear on the back of a rat. I'm not against um, repurposing the bovine heart for use in human beings. Uh, I get science. That's not playing God to me. That's recycling and repurposing, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. I don't, I'm cool with that. What I'm not cool with is creating life just to do what you want with it. I don't think we get that ability in life. I think that responsibility and that job, that role belongs to God, and I'm not here to play God. But if you disagree with me, let me know, at Rich Valdez, with an S on all of the social media, at Rich Valdez. And again, I want to encourage you strongly, if you're not um, listening, the nighttime show every night, weeknights, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, to 1 a.m. Eastern Time, America at Night, Rich Valdez, or go to the website, richvaldezamericaatnight.com. You're missing out. We have guest interviews. It's not just me babbling like I do here on the podcast. And occasionally I bring in a, a clip to give you a taste of it. But we do that for three hours every single night. And I got to tell you, I think these are some really brilliant conversations because honestly, I'm quiet for most of the conversation. I'm learning just as much as you are when you're listening because they're fascinating people that we speak with. This week, we had a conversation with uh, somebody that became a transsexual, transitioned from male to female, and then back again. How's that? And now runs a website and a whole uh, ministry towards helping people overcome that type of issue in their life where they transition and then want to detransition, right? Walt Heyer is his name, H-E-Y-E-R. Definitely go to the website, Rich Valdez, America at Night. Look for his name. Listen to that episode. Absolutely brilliant. We also had Newt Gingrich on recently, former Speaker of the House. He weighed in on a lot of things. 
And it was also a very, uh, really interesting, eye-opening conversation. Great conversation with Michael Reagan, the son of former President Reagan. Excellent conversation. Great behind-the-scenes insight. Just stuff I, I, you honestly probably won't hear anywhere else. So I want to make sure that you, you have access to those conversations to me and some of my friends, my colleagues, and new guests that we're bringing on the show all the time. RichValdezAmericaAtNight.com. Now, in addition to that shameless plug, I want to thank you. You, the listeners that have been with me since day one, since the very beginning, and and everybody that supported me because I was uh, named as one of the top 100 most important talk radio hosts in America by Talkers Magazine. I'm thrilled. Never, uh, you know, I'd, I'd never uh, been on that list before, and I'm just honored to be on it. I told one of my friends, uh, Mr. Producer, and he said, how come you're not in the top 10? <laughs> I gotta love that about him, but uh, honored to be on the list. I came in at number 88 and um, thrilled to be a part of the, mo- the most important hosts in America, according to Talkers Magazine and their editors, based on a, a large criteria that I talked about on the radio, but I just wanted to share with you as well. Uh, and we'll probably have a little party somewhere. I don't know if it'll be in D.C. or Texas or in New York, but we will do something to celebrate that. And if any listeners want to participate, I'll put the information out on social media and you could join us there as well. Uh, because couldn't do anything without you all. And of course, all of the great mentors and and producers and everybody that's helped me along the way, including the executives at each of the networks I've worked for over the years. So thank you all for that support. And none of that happens unless you believe in something. And in this case, I believed in me and I didn't give up. And, uh, you know, I kept sucking wind, especially when I was sucking wind. And I just kept on keeping on. And eventually it worked out. But I say that because you have to stand for something. If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do nothing. So keep standing up for yourself, standing up for what you believe in. Until the next time. Hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.